The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM where we talk all the tech that's possible. And a crazy time of the year, I must tell you. Things have gone a little uh, the wrong direction of late with this Hulk. I mean, who would connect coronavirus and tech? But realize one thing, where today is most of the tech made? It's made in China. So if China's in lockdown, if there's problems in major cities and 60 million people are told to stay home and not go to work, borders are closed, flights canceled, essentially the whole Chinese economy has come to a screeching halt while they deal, deal with this issue. The biggest problem for everybody else is that although directly or indirectly it doesn't affect the flow of goods, it's the manufacture of goods. And so many companies, including companies as big as Apple, but Samsung and all these other companies who who manufacture product in China are finding that all of a sudden they're running out of goods because they don't keep a massive stock. They make as they need. The supply chain works and everybody ships what they need when they need it to where it's needed. And there is going to be I think a little bit of disruption in that space. Well, not think. There's definitely some disruption coming. We're going to see slight shortages of technology. And this is just prior to the spring explosion of new mobile technology and new technology generally in the Western world because the Northern Hemisphere is heading into spring. We're heading into our our lovely spring-type winter, so (laughs) weather's not a thing that anyone in Joburg actually can ever complain about, except right now it really is hot. But that's beside the point. The point being is that all these new gizmos and gadgets may be delayed, may not ship, and may have some disruptions in terms of stuff that you need. So watch the space. Might be the good, you know, it might be a good time right now to go and buy that laptop, that uh, piece of gadget or gizmo or whatever it is you're looking for, um, if you really were just, you know, waiting maybe to see something new or, or whatever the case may be, because it may over the April, March, April, May period become extremely tricky until they sort out this whole coronavirus thing. And it's had another massive impact. Coming up in two weeks' time is Mobile World Congress, which is without question the largest um, communication and technology fair. It's so difficult to to sort of buttonhole these guys or put them into a category because technology is just so broad, so pervasive. I mean, there's guys there from accounting firms to technology consulting firms to mobile device manufacturers to mobile network manufacturers to database guys, Google, even Microsoft are there. So it is an incredibly broad and diverse um, technology conference. And because of the coronavirus, understand you get 150, 250,000 people, give or take, all congregating in one place at one time. It's become a little bit of a, a tricky matter. Um, MWC, the organization, the people who run the show have said they, no, no question they're going ahead. No question the show will take place. They're taking all the necessary uh, precautions and not sure what it is. They're going to make masks available. So expect to see this tech conference with everyone running around with masks on. It's going to be pretty creepy, but anyhow, that's life. Um, but I will be there with my mask on. It should be interesting. One company that did pull out and has completely cancelled all its its people flying internationally is LG. LG sent out a press release last week, well, 
yesterday, I think, or early yesterday, saying that due to the coronavirus, they're not going to put their, their staff and partners at risk by flying them to Barcelona, which is a real pity because we're expecting some really cool stuff to come from them. But all the other guys will be there. And in fact, most of the Chinese guys have said they'll be there, though I do expect to see far less Chinese people in general because of the lockdown and the ban on travel. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. But don't worry, there will be a massive flow of new gadgets, gizmos, and, and mobile devices coming out of that show, I have no question. And next week is the big l- reveal of the new Galaxy uh, S series, and they're skipping 11, and I think they're going straight for 20, for 2020. So on that note, we'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, after all that exciting talk about viruses, and these are not software viruses, these are real things floating around the world causing havoc, the best thing to do, it seems, is just to Netflix and chill, stay at home and uh, watch something on your, your TV. Now, quick update, the cables are still not repaired. We're still suffering from uh, a slightly slower internet than it should be probably seeing a little bit of buffering on your streaming, especially if you're going for 4K high definition. Well, the the, 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 the update really simply is that the wax cable, which is the, the large West Coast cable, I get muddled between the West and the East, but the one that broke, the two cables that broke were the SAT3 and the wax cable, the wax cable should be up and running today. Um, it is in the process of the, the repair for that cable is being finalized. And the reason they did that cable first is very simple. The wax cable is far newer than the SAT3 cable. SAT3 has been upgraded enormously, but it's still a much lower capacity cable than the, the wax cable. And the wax cable bring, will bring back between 60 and 70% of the capacity to the continent that we lost when the cable went down. So, Good move to move to fix that one first. It's also only got one break, which they're busy dealing with. So theoretically from tomorrow, from latish this evening when all testing's done, we should see a little bump in the performance of the internet as traffic gets rerouted back through that cable and uh, some normality uh, resumes. The SAT3 cable is going to take just a little bit more, um, time they're moving on to that one and it could take anything up to another week or two because there's two breaks one down south and one up north near england so who knows what's going to happen there and that sat three cable may take another week or two to get up and running but uh stay tuned i'll keep you informed but in general once the wax cable is up and running we should see far less uh, interruptions and far less buffering as the capacity gets pretty much back to where it should be so that's good news. And the point being of all this is that the biggest user of Internet capacity right now is video streaming. Not all of that flows from the international side. The vast majority of the video streaming services within South Africa, so Netflix, um, the Amazon Prime, and obviously Showmax are streamed from local servers sitting in South Africa. So you don't see any impact on those services with regard to this international cable break. But um, other services, some people who are able to watch things like CBS or Hulu or Disney Plus for the moment are finding that they're struggling quite hard to stay on top of those services. Now, at the beginning of the year, everyone was going nuts with the launch of all these new services and with the Walt Disney Company reporting Disney Plus is going to 
you know, change the game. Simply put, Netflix still remains the king. There is just no question that the sheer quantity of, of, and quality for that matter, and the diversity of the content um, on Netflix is just beyond any of these other fairly niche streaming services. And as cool as Disney Plus is, with all the Disney titles and, and the Mandalorian, which was great, um, it still does not compete with the sheer breadth and depth of uh, Netflix. And there is their strong results to date actually shows that what happens is that the streaming market is growing because of all these new entrants in general. And Netflix, as the big daddy there, um, is the one that's benefiting, benefiting as well as the others. Like Disney Plus says, they have nearly 30 million subscribers. And they've only launched in America, a couple of places in Europe, Australia, and a few other places around the globe. So streaming, without question, is the whole uh, industry is growing enormously. Netflix is without question the king of streaming. And even the local South African Netflix uh, offering has grown in leaps and bounds. So much more diverse content content, and a lot of the licensed content. So what a lot of people don't seem to understand is that despite the fact that Netflix South Africa has restricted catalog compared to the U.S., it also has a lot of stuff, such as Friends, which is available on the South African Netflix, but not in the U.S. because of all these various licensing things. So we're not really being shortchanged much. It's still great value for money, and there should be no buffering because it's local Internet. It's not international Internet. So just stay home, avoid the viruses, and watch your Netflix and here's another thing that went dead quiet. There was a huge hoo-ha when the Competition Commission um, announced their findings late late last year, early December, saying that the networks had two months to do lots of things, which is crazy. I'll just run through them just in case you've forgotten because it went so quiet. One, they had to slash their tariffs by 50% within two months. They had to equalize the cost of all the sub-500 megabyte bundles, again, Within two months, they had to give everybody free lifeline data. This is the best joke I've ever heard in my life. Um, how do you store lifeline da data for emergencies? Is there a special code you use that it's now an emergency and you need lifeline data? Or do they give you free data, you use it up, and then what? Then you have the emergency and you don't have data. So free lifeline data is going to be the biggest joke that I've ever heard. Also, they had to zero rate everything. Anything and everything to do with government, a whole list of stuff had to be zero rated so people could access for free. And South Africa, without question, is the land of the free. We get everything for free, free education, free water, free electricity, free data. I mean, I don't know. At some point, someone's going to pay for all this free. But that's what they wanted. And something I actually agree with is that um, one teeny bit of sanity in this whole thing is that all mobile operators have to reach an agreement to inform every subscriber on a monthly basis what the effective price for their data that they've consumed. It makes sense. And generally on a contract basis, you get that anyway. But imagine trying to put this together and essentially turn 100 million prepaid subscribers into contract subscribers. The cost and the logistics for the networks is just absolutely obscene. But anyway, the good news for the networks, though uh, I had no doubt it was coming, is that they've extended the uh, deadline 
for the moment till the end of March, giving them an extra month to to comply with all their demands because they're having such deep and extensive discussions with the networks. I can just imagine how those go. They must be extremely entertaining to sit and watch the networks and the Competition Commission engaging around how do we destroy your business quietly. You know, don't worry about making money. That's an option. Don't worry. Just give data away. Give everyone data. Give 100 million people free emergency data. And at the same time, cut your costs by half. So those conversations, not costs, not your costs. Your costs stay the same, but your revenues cut by half. So if you were making 100 million rand out of um, data, you're now going to only make 50 million rand because you're going to drop the price by 50%. And on that 50 million rand, you still got to pay all the people you employ. You still got to pay for all the network improvements. You still got to roll out 5G. And you still got to do everything with half the money. Well, here's the thing. I think we should definitely try that at home. I'm going to tell my wife tomorrow that uh, I've been instructed by the Competition Commission to cut the household budget by half. That's it. End of story. We used to have 100 rand. We now got 50 rand. Make a plan. Doesn't matter. You can't spend more than 50 bucks. And I wonder how well that will go down. Such a simple lesson in life. They should try it. Every member of the competition commission should just try that for one month and see how well that works for them. But anyway, we'll be back with Tech Talk Cafe. I'm going to be breaking it up a little, a little bit of news, a little bit more interesting discussions. And um, we'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And this is just a quick cautionary tale. I mean, I think I've <laughs> had enough of a rant about the cost of data and everything. The good news is Vodacom actually announced their results as of, I think, Monday, and they've been pretty good. They are launching 5G in South Africa in the next month or two. Expect to see big announcements around that. So from a technology point of view, it looks like plans have been made so we don't fall too far behind. And one interesting stat that was quoted in their their, their, their results was that the price of data has actually fallen by over 50% in the last couple of years. And they actually expect it to continue falling at that rate, especially with the launch of 5G. And it's a simple maths thing. 5G networks are capable, for example, and I know it'll only apply to the high-end devices and high-end phones for now, but if it costs them 10 cents to deliver a, a, gig of, a meg of data on a 4G network, it costs less than one cent to deliver that exact same amount of data on a 5G network. So, one, people will tend to use a lot more because it's a lot faster. There are a lot of platforms that will just use a lot more data. So, maybe one cent times ten times more data is still ten cents. So, the maths not may, may not work out, but the actual cost of data will drop dramatically across the market. And as they offload their high-end users onto 5G, um, you will find that the overall cost to the networks will drop and there is no question that they're going to pass those costs on at lower cost per gig or cost per meg cost pricing to the market because, one, there's obviously political pressure to do so, and, two, it's just commercially viable. If they, for example, drop the costs by an order of five, the costs actually drop by an order of ten, you don't have to be a mathematician to realize that they'll sell more data. They'll actually end up making more money, but the consumer will be getting it at half the price they were paying before. So that is a good commercial win-win across everything. And the rollout of 5G, which 
is what the topic of my Tech Talk Cafe conversation is now, has, has started in South Africa. Very simply put, two companies have 5G networks up and running in some of the metro areas, not everywhere, but some of the metro areas, Johannesburg, Cape Town, Durban, and a couple of other smaller metros around the country. And those two companies are Rain, which you may or may not heard of. They used to be called WBS. They, for those that really remember technology, they were the people behind iBurst, which is a technology that's faded into the annals of history. And the other company is a company called Liquid Telecom, who actually be, used to be called Neotel. So you've got a little bit of context here. But what is so fascinating is that Neotel, um, which became Liquid Telecom, were awarded Spectrum in the free, in the 3.5 gig frequency band, a nice chunk of Spectrum when they were licensed, which they haven't really been using. They tried a little bit of CDMA and all sorts of other technologies that have again faded into the background. But what they have been able to do with the assistance and with an agreement with Vodacom is roll out a complete 5G network based in the 3.5 gig range and they are going to sell this service to Vodacom as an exclusive provider for now, but in time it is not an exclusive service. So MTN, Telcom, anyone in the CAT can try to sign up and, and pay them to use their network. But a full 5G network will be up and running or is up and running through the, the Liquid Telecom platform, and it will be sold and marketed first by Vodacom who got in. And I expect to hear that announcement in the next two weeks because it coincides with uh, – the major tele- teleco, telecom conference, World Mobile. Also, with a whole lot of things are happening, the the first major 5G phone will be launched by Samsung next week, the 11th of February, the Galaxy S20, I think it's going to be called, and there'll be a whole range of S20s, perhaps um, one or two high-end models and maybe one or two S20 lights or whatever slightly lower models that may not have 5G. But 5G devices are about to explode onto the market, and nobody wants to buy a 5G device if it doesn't connect to a 5G network somebody somewhere along the line because that's the the most frustrating thing, having a phone capable of doing something that you can't use in the country. Well, that use will probably work out with Vodacom and Samsung starting off a little partnership there to really start promoting 5G. I know I'm jumping the gun, and this is all speculation, please. If anyone from those respective companies are, are listening in, I have no inside information. This is just logical speculation based on what has been announced publicly right now and what is coming from the major handset manufacturers because without a 5G handset, there's no point in a 5G network and vice versa. But the benefits of 5G are pretty awesome. And I have been for the last week or two using the uh, RAIN 5G network or the 5G setup in my home. And I have fiber as well. So it's a great way to compare the two. And without any fancy placement of the antenna or the the CPE, the, the, the the equipment that they sent for the home, I've been able to get speeds in the region of 250 to 300 megabits per second download. Um, and the upload has been restricted. Obviously, they're using all their spectrum for download between 7 and 12, which is not great, but I'm not a big uploader, pretty much a streamer, consumer of data. And the performance on all the streaming platforms has been nothing short of perfect. I won't say spectacular, 
We've got a 200 meg fiber line that really works most of the time extremely well. Streaming, downloading, doing whatever I need to do is pretty fast. The key thing that is really fascinating, this is a dual, dual band router. So it's got a 4G SIM and it's got a 5G SIM. And in my area, the 5G came and went, which is the one problem with uh, 5G. It is a mobile technology. Maybe the wind blew the antenna. Maybe the antenna shifted. Maybe a tree grew. I don't know. But all of a sudden, where I had the antenna originally, there is no 5G network. I moved it 20 meters to another another spot. I moved it outside. Now I've got good 5G signal again. So fiber is without question, where possible, probably the most um, solid and reliable technology with regard to high-speed broadband. But the interesting part is that with 5G, I'm getting latency in the, in the 9 to 12 millisecond micro, microsecond, milli, well, anyway, I'm getting now confused, um, range where it's fiber gives me between 2 and 4, so it's very close. But when it switches to the 4G network, it jumps between 30 and 60. Um, and that is a huge, huge difference. So the experience of using Rain 5G in my home, where we're all used to fiber, is pretty much indistinguishable from fiber. What I've found is that really um, it's it's snappy. The Using the Internet for browsing, downloading is incredibly quick. Streaming, as I said, is perfect. Full 4K, no hassle whatsoever. Instantly starting, really fast and solid. And apart from the fact that somehow the 5G network disappeared from where I had it originally, when I found the 5G network again, installation is simple, quick, and extremely easy. And the one benefit of wireless is that if I, if needs be, I pick up my, my cable and my CPE and my little box, which is a Huawei device, interestingly, um, and I can take it anywhere else that there is 5G signal. And even if there isn't 5G signal, it has built-in 4G. And Rain's 4G network is incredibly um, broad as as well. It's distinctly different. And that's what was fascinating. When you use the 4G network, the Internet works fine. But you can feel that it's definitely slower in all respects. And that's part partly the latency, but get, but partly the nature of the technology, 5G is without question a bit of a fiber replacement. So if you have a reason not to have fiber, if you live in the, you go to the RAIN website, um, have a look at the, the map of your area. If you stay within the 5G RAIN network, the deal they're doing now is pretty spectacular. Um, it's a thousand rand a month for unlimited. I've read the, the fair use and, you know, all those sort of policies. They're there. So if you really go nuts, they're going to do something. But right now, a thousand rand a month gets you a CPE, which is the outdoor antenna, which you can mount on a pole. There's a nice long cable that can run internally. So then you can add, plug it into a, a Wi-Fi network. You don't, it has Wi-Fi built in. You don't have to use it. You can use whatever you want. Um, and the speeds and the quality of service is absolutely fiber grade without a shadow of doubt. I've not used 5G on an extended basis up to now, and the experience is really good. So if you're in an area that they have 5G and for whatever reason there isn't fiber or you've been using LTE in the past or whatever the case may be, you, you're now transitioning away from those stolen <laughs> copper cables that used to be in your area and that dreaded 4 to 10 meg ADSL, which really that takes you nowhere at this stage. Um, this could be an incredibly useful alternative with regard to 
to everything. So what I suggest you do is have a look at the various options. This is pretty much equivalent to 200 meg fiber, which costs anywhere from 1.1 to 1.7 to up to 2.5 grand a month. For a 1,000 rand a month, you are getting a full 5G solution on a portable basis. It's great for business. It's great for businesses relocating. It's great for conferences. I think Rain are absolutely onto an amazing thing with 5G and their 5G setup. Um, as I said, the streaming, I've had no problem. Browsing the Internet, no problem. Tons of users on board. I mean, at any time, there's 40 to 60 devices in my home connected to the Internet. Again, no problem. It's an incredible fiber-like performance from a mobile technology. How it holds up to mass usage or mass adoption, that is a question I need to to experience. Give it a bit more time. A lot of people will probably buy the network and start logging on because it's so good and the pricing is pretty you know, pretty reasonable. And of its nature, because of the spectrum allocations, because of the nature of the technology, fiber is much more scalable. So you can have almost unlimited number of users on fiber without any contention or lack of performance. I'm not talking about that doesn't happen, and it is happening within the Vumatel network. The network itself can become overloaded because the servers and everything that they use can't keep up with the with the amount of data going through the network. But fiber as a technology theoretically has no particular limit. Wireless, on the other hand, has a theoretical limit. There's only so much speed you can put through a given allocated amount of spectrum. And although 5G is orders of magnitude better at manipulating and managing that process and optimizing for maximum speed per user, there's still a finite limit. A thousand users on a network with X amount of spectrum, with X amount of bandwidth, will then share that in a different way to 10 users on that same spectrum. So there are two drawbacks to, to, to wireless. One, there's no hard connection. So if the antenna moves, if the weather's inclement, there's atmospheric issues that can cause an interruption or a slowdown or a change in your service. That's the first one. Two, contention. Number of users are finite, limited, and the more users on a tower, on a spectrum, you're going to land up with a different service, whereas fiber will just sail through pretty much all of that. But if you're in the market for a, a system that offers the speed and the sort of, in fact, they say that in certain areas when you're close to an antenna, you can get speeds up to 700 meg, which is way below the theoretical 5G limits up in the 3, 4, 5 gig sort of speed limits. But those are really theoretical. 700 meg is still pretty high. But as I said, in a marginal with three bars of signal, um, without any proper placement, I'm going to get to it at some point, but without any proper placement of the antenna, I was getting between 230 and 300 meg download, which is significant. So as a solution, I think Rain are onto something pretty spectacular. It's available right now in Johannesburg and Cape Town, and it's rolling out to a lot. They've got 250 towers across those places, and they're rolling out quite fast. Expect to see similar performance from... Um, from Vodacom and Liquid Telecom when they go live with their setup. But again, that'll be on handset. I must tell you something that uh, at this stage, the service on a handset is not going to be that different You with those sort of speeds. But it, it really has changed a lot of things, and I, I'm, I'm solidly impressed 
with the capabilities of 5G. And contrary to what I thought, I didn't think we'd get 5G commercially for a while in South Africa. But the competition is on. We're getting it. We've got it from rain. It's coming very, very shortly from Vodacom. And expect Celsi and, well, Celsi in the midst of a huge restructuring, so maybe not so fast, but they may piggyback on what MTN do. And MTN are not going to take this lying down. So expect to see a network from them very shortly as well. So this, without question, is going to be the year of 5G. And another good reason to use 5G um and I just, I'm just bringing this up because LG in the news, they've pulled out a world mobile, but they announced something really interesting yesterday. Full Apple CarPlay, not CarPlay, full Apple Play and all the Apple apps are now available on their TVs as of now. So you can stream, you can use, you can get all the Apple products and everything to do with, with the Apple TV setup on LG TVs. The only wrinkle for most people is it has to be a 2019 TV. So if you bought your LG TV, both LCD or OLED, in the last year, um, or 2019 models, so from about April of 2019, you'll be able to download and install um, the Apple TV app, and you'll be able to use your Apple device to stream directly to the TV. So lots and lots of benefits of um, of having those new LG TVs. And I, I must tell you, it, it I'm doing it through an Apple TV. And you just sit down with your phone, and what you do is you want to watch a movie, you want to watch a YouTube, you want to show someone a picture or a video you took. It's incredibly easy and slick. But um, just check your TV out. It should be there. If it's not there, well, what can you do? And on another note, which is also related to the whole 5G and data story, which seems to be the theme, I think we're going to call the show Data is Falling, um, Vumatel did something interesting this week. They dropped the cost of high-end uh, fiber packages. So the cost of a 200-meg line has probably dropped by about 100 bucks, um, and a 100-meg line about, about the same. So a couple of uh, a couple of um, of service providers, like I'm not going to name them now, but a couple of service providers, and you should check with your own. A couple of your service providers have cut their prices of high-end packages, 100 and 200 meg by about 100 rand a month, which all adds up in these tough times. It's always good to hear when prices fall. But unfortunately, for those of you that are using low-end packages, in other words, the 10 megabit per second or 50 megabit per second, the prices have actually gone up. They've gone from like 6.99 to 7.29, so they've gone up. By 30 rand, give or take, on the lower end packages, um, and on the big packages, they've dropped by between, well, close to 100 rand. So, truth be told, in most houses, a 10 meg package on Fiverr is pretty much obsolete. You can't really live with it. A 50 meg package for a family of two to four is probably more than good enough. It'll give you all the streaming, everything that you need to get done. But 10 meg is, is and, and the value proposition between a 10 and a 50 meg is, is really not worth it. It's not a lot more to go for a 50 meg as opposed to a 10 meg because the base technology is identical. It's capable of going up to a 1,000 meg. So a 10 meg package is highly underutilizing. Understand it's a cost thing for a lot of people that don't want to waste money on something they may not need. But essentially, it's important to to have an appropriately speed and capacity product for what it is that you're doing. And 
If you're not streaming TV today and you're just watching normal DSTV, I can assure you that within this year, you are going to be definitely looking at the option of streaming in some form or another. DSTV are going streaming only. They'll be a lot cheaper on a streaming only system than using a satellite. Video on demand coming on that platform will help enormously. So 5G, 4G, fiber, all these high-speed technologies are going to become more and more relevant to your life. And the pricing is definitely coming down. We're going to see 1,000 Rand 5G uncapped and between 1100 and 1399 for 200 meg fiber, which is an equivalent type of service, also uncapped. So the pricing of data is starting to come down, and I expect to see it coming down across all these various platforms by a good chunk in the 30 to 40% minimum in the next year. So the one thing that in life you can count on is data is going to fall, and the price of data is going to drop, but your usage of data is going to grow exponentially. We'll be back straight after this. we got to pay the bills, so listen in for our sponsors. And I'll be back with my gadget of the week straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And I'm going to shift gears completely to something that I've been looking for for a while. A lot of people have mentioned to me. Headphones for exercise, headphones for running, or earbuds for running. There's nothing more clunky than you see the guys at gym with these big over-ear headphones on their heads. One, it must be sweaty. Two, it's uncomfortable. Three, they fall off. It's just not an appropriate solution. I mean, if you don't have a choice and you want to listen to music while you run, you train, do whatever you do at the gym, fine. I mean, I have no absolute problem about it. But there are slick proper solutions. Up to now, a lot of people have been using wired headphones. Problem with wired headphones in the gym or running is that it's attached to your phone. It it reduces your mobility. They drop, it falls, they pop out, the cables tug. Cabled phones are really becoming a challenge for another reason. A lot of devices are getting rid of the headphone jack. So then you've got a cabled phone with a clunky adapter plugged in, which may work, sometimes doesn't work. It's just... It's it's neither here nor there. Bluetooth wireless phone, headphones have been increasing in quality dramatically over the last two, three years. The prices have been coming down to incredibly reasonable levels. And another growth of completely wireless headphones or earbuds has started to emerge. So with these trends in place, I've been trialing quite a few different ones to try to find the perfect um, set for for um, for sport, and for many years, I used the Plantronic Plantronics Backbeat Fit headphones, which were Bluetooth. Um, they fitted carefully around your ears. They had a nice little sort of band that went around the back of your head. Um, they weren't entirely wireless. In other words, they weren't wireless between them, but they connected to you know the Bluetooth of your your device, and they had one huge advantage. They had an in-ear type. Um, fit so they weren't an earbud the biggest challenge that you have when you go running or you're working in 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 an environment where you cannot have complete isolation is that twofold one if you go running with a headphone an earbud headphone you sort of get a thumping that when you run and because your ear canal is blocked it sort of resonates through your head it can be super annoying and actually quite uncomfortable the other challenge with most earbuds 
um, is that as you sweat, they tend to fall out. So you're running uh, in the delta where near where I live, and this tiny little earbud falls out into the grass, and there you are scrabbling around when you should be running, trying to find your headphone. Not a cool solution. So Plantronics have just released in South Africa, finally, something that I saw last year at IFA called the Backbit Fit 3100 True Wireless Earbud. There's actually, they've released, what's, what's crazy is that there's been some mixed reviews on that, and I'll get to that now. They've actually la- now launched the Backbeat Fit 3200 True Wireless Earbud, but the 3100 are the ones I, I got, the ones I'm trying. I bought them because they have a perfect combination of two things. One, it is an in-ear fit. So when you're running or you're training at gym, you can hear the ambient noise around you. The drawback, and let's deal with that one-on-one, the drawback from a non-earbud type um, headphone is that you have no isolation. So you can hear all the ambient noise, which reduces the quality and the impact of the music. It's not as loud, it's not as clear, and certainly the bass is not as good. But that's the benefit is that you can actually hear what's going on around you and you still have an earbud. The other thing that it's got, which a lot of these internal earbuds or these true wireless non-cable earbuds have, is an over-ear uh, little rubber fitting. So it slips around your ear and holds itself in despite any amount of jumping, running, shaking, swinging, whatever you want to do. They really fit extremely well. The other thing they've got is proper waterproof. I see a ton of guys in the gym on on the road using a pair of Apple AirPods. And the problem with those, the AirPod 2 is coming. It's launching in the next two weeks, as I understand it in South Africa, is they're not waterproof. So if you get sweat in them, they may be okay for a while, but they are going to die. The more you use them, the more they sweat, the more you're going to damage them, and they're going to die, and they're expensive. Um, the other problem they've got is that there's it's an it's also an in-ear fit, so they just simply sit in your ear, and they're pretty good. They don't fall out with normal use, but running, jumping, and a gym, it's just not a great environment for them. So the Plantronics Backbeat Fit have a, a really secure and very comfortable sort of rubber band that goes over. The drawback is they're a lot larger, and they have bright blue colors on them, so they look a little bit funny. But in general, I've been super impressed with their fit. The fact that I can run with them without blocking my canal, the ear canal, no thumping, it's much more comfortable. And the sound quality is very similar to the old ones that I had, the old back, backbeat fits that were not uh, wireless. They sound, they take a little bit of time to run in, but once they run in, they clean, the bass is decent, the treble's not too screechy, and they play pretty loud because again, you need a little bit of volume, especially because they're not sealing into your ear canal. They don't sound as good as as the Apple AirPods, in my estimation. They don't sound as good as the Samsung Buds, which for me are the best value in-ear um, true wireless solution right now. They 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 last long. They've got good um, sonic qualities. They're tiny. They pretty much disappear. They don't poke out so you look like a, a wingnut quietly. Um, and they really, and the price is very good. They, char- they charge really quickly in their little um, the little box, so really great. The the Plantronics also come with a, a zip 
rather large, little bit clunky case which charges them. But because it's large, you get three or four different charges, and they last between four and six hours anyway. So pretty much cover any run that you could imagine, and very, very, very good quality for the price. They are not inexpensive. They're in the same sort of 2,900 to 2,000. 500, depending on where you buy them, get them on, 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 on take a lot, on loot. Um, so if you're looking for a set of headphones that tick all those boxes, one, they weatherproof, two, they sweatproof, rugged and sonically decent. Um, they will not fall out of your ears and they connect pretty well with Bluetooth. They work nicely. You can control them. The casing, it gives you four or five hours, should cover the average run. But the case can charge a couple of times more, so it really does help. The 3200 is not available yet. It should come fairly soon. I haven't tried them, so I can't say. But I think the pricing on the 3100 is going to be good for the next little while. So in, if you're in the market for a decent set of in-ear true wireless headphones, that and sport is, is one of the things that you really want. I've tried them on voice. Excellent voice quality. They pick up quite well. There is an echo because, remember, the mic is really far from your mouth. But you can answer calls. You can you can listen in. They're really pretty good. If you want quality and you're not worried about uh, sport and you're not worried about um, them falling out, I find that the Samsung uh, are, are by far the nicest buds out there. Battery life is great. Sound quality is great. Ease of use is great. They update them regularly, which is Something a techie has to have, um, and they are weather uh, they are weatherproof as well. So you won't have a problem with them, you know, getting damaged by sweat or water. But they're not as secure as the Plantronics Backbeat Fit. So check them out if that's what you wish to do. We'll be back with uh, a little bit more news before we have to call it a day. So we'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And I've got something for you for free. How's that? Nice way to end the show today. We were talking about the price of data falling. But here's a way you can get Microsoft Office 365 for free. This has actually been going for quite a while now, but people tend to forget. School's about, well, school's begun. Vasti's just begun. And a lot of people are looking for a, a Microsoft Office 365 license, and they are even for a student in the in the range of a thousand rand a year. Well, here's something that you can do to get it for absolutely nothing. How's that for a good idea? And that is the full Office 365, including the cloud service storage, everything, and you get a five terabyte OneDrive cloud-based storage, all free. Of charge, and all you have to do is go to the following website, and it's it's really well 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 uh, named. It's called mahala.ms. That's it. M a h a l a dot m s. Type that into your web browser and go directly to the mahala.ms uh, portal, and follow the instructions. And if you're between the ages or lower than the age of 24, if you're a student, you can actually get Microsoft Office absolutely for free. And and the steps are extremely, extremely simple. And this is a, um, it is a joint venture between Microsoft, a company called Lava Lamp, NV Consultant, Penguin. So all those guys are making it possible for 
any student in the country up to the age of 24 to get a full version of Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, Excel, OneDrive, you name it, totally, totally for free. I just think it's brilliant because there's no question that is where business comes or, or where you get everything. I mean, the first thing any business asks you, can you use Excel? Can you use Word? So, and, and how do you operate at school? How do you operate at varsity without it? All you need to do is go to the Mahala website. That's mahala.ms. Sign up. Click on the sign up. Click on sign me, sign me up. Follow the instructions. You'll receive a welcome email with your mahala.ms username and password. And with those details, you will get an Office 365 and OneDrive um, subscription for a year completely and utterly free. I think it's just a great initiative. Um, I've signed my kids up. Why not? Uh, then I can, not that I, I'm short of the odd Microsoft 365 license, but it just makes a lot of sense. Um, and then they can, and that includes full apps for iPads, phones, you name it. Everything to do with Microsoft Office 365, totally for free at mahala.ms. And on that note, I think we're going to have to call it a day today. Craig's just waltzed in. I think I've waxed lyrical, spent enough time telling you all about how data's going to fall, how it's going to get faster with 5G, and how you can get Microsoft Office 365. So I think my job is done for Tech Talk here today. And um, hopefully you'll get something out of it for free. Nothing wrong with that. So until the same pla- same time, same place next week, uh, this is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right on High FM.